my name is Kelly Maloney. I'm the We Serve coordinator this year of 33 um, fun, energetic children, the ages between three and five before kindergarten. And the theme this year was um, on a deep sea discovery. So each day they went and they learned something new. The first day was God knows me, um, like God knew Noah's heart. The second day was uh, God hears us. He hears the prayers of his people, like Jonah being stuck in the belly of a fish. And that day they got to experience slime. Um, they, I had slime um, and like sensory activities and they got to get their hands in there and just feel what it was like to be in the belly of a fish. The third day was God loves me. Um, and the fourth day, uh, the last day was God sends me. Um, and that day they got to send balloons off into the air as God sends his people to spread um, the love of Jesus. So it was a wonderful experience, something that I will tre treasure and remember always. Um, I'm just so blessed to have been a part of this. Um, one of the greatest things about Serve is how we involve the, the little children, the three to five year olds, and, and, and their eagerness to just want to get in there and help. Um, no matter what, you tell them to do this, they'll do that. And, and making it fun at that level. So some of the things that we were able to do, um, we gave them aprons and feather dusters and they went around just dusting everything they could see. And um, They also made some crafts for the, the UC staffs just so they could understand um, what it is to, to bless somebody else and, and let them know how much they're thankful for the service that they provide for them. And I think that's what serve is all about. Hi, my name is Adam Hanley. And I'm Danielle Hanley, and we were the coordinators for Junior Serve, which is for uh, kindergarten and first graders. Our theme this year was uh, Deep Sea Discovery, and we had two of our um, best friends with us this year. We had Fish. Hello. And we had Bait. And we're going to ask them a few questions just to get to know them and ask how they, um, what they did this week. So Fish, uh, tell me your favorite part of Junior Serve. Well, my favorite part was Water Day. It really made me feel at home. Babe, what about you? My favorite part of Junior Serve was dancing and singing with all the kids. Every morning we had our hands up in the air like we just don't care. All right, Fish, what is one thing you learned this week at Serve? Well, I learned many stories of the Bible. My favorite story and lesson was the one where God hears my prayers anywhere I am, especially in the belly of a big whale. Wow, that's awesome. And Bate, what did you learn this week? I learned that no matter where I go or what I do, God loves me. That's awesome. And one last question. Fish, tell me one way you served this week. Well, one way we served was we made paintings, and we made cards, and we planted flowers to take to residents at a nursing home. Awesome. Hey, what about you? Well, as I said before, we got to sing and dance every day, and we were preparing to go to the nursing home. They got to see all our cool moves. Awesome. Well, I hope they uh, had a great time. We'll see you guys hopefully next year. See you okay, next bye. year. Bye-bye. That's awesome. As you can see, there's lots of awesome things that were happening during Serve. Lot, lots of great opportunities for the children and the youth to, to make a difference in our community. And during this week, we, we were studying the, the first part of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And day by day, we we're just breaking it down a little bit. And on our very first day, we looked at the first two verses. 
And I want to look at those together with you right now. From Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Now, uh, as we began talking about this verse, I started asking the students uh, if they had heard this term before. This is a, a little bit of a newer term. It's the term hangry. Have you ever heard of the term hangry before? Right? You may not have heard the term, but you've at least experienced, hey, no pointing at each other, no pointing at each other. Um, you, you've at least experienced the, this situation, even if you didn't know the term that describes it. Hangry is when you get so hungry that it turns from hunger to anger. And at that point, it's, it, it's, it becomes hangry. Usually, it's, it's a little bit more obvious when it happens with the ladies because we're used to the guys being grumpy. But when a sweet old lady starts throwing a chair because she wants a cheeseburger and she wants it now, it just stands out a little bit more. And, and so you, you've seen this. You, you've seen these situations where how we feel or the things that are going on around us begin to cause us to act in a way that is not true to who we normally are. And, and a lot of times we will allow our feelings or our emotions, or the way that other people are acting, we'll allow that to, to affect us deeply enough to where we begin to do things that we normally wouldn't do. And I bring that up because as we get into this first part of the passage, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he's not even really teaching them anything. I don't know if you noticed that. He's just hitting them with rhetorical questions. He starts off and he says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Now, to just sit in that for a minute and just think, okay, what does it mean to be, be someone who belongs to Christ? Well, first, if we had to earn it on our own, if we had to earn the right to belong to Christ on our own, we could spend 80 years trying and striving to be good enough for God. But what Scripture says is that even our best works are like filthy rags before Him. We can never do enough to be good enough for God. We can never do enough to, to pay for our own sins. The only way that we have forgiveness and the only way we get to belong to Christ is this free gift that comes through faith. The fact that God paid it all for us in Jesus Christ. That he alone was the payment that could pay for our sins. And so when we think about what it means to belong to Christ, we should be incredibly encouraged because we could spend our whole life trying and never earn that. And so yes, we're encouraged. The next thing he goes to, any comfort from his love. God is the only true source of comfort. He is the only one who can really heal the difficult wounds that have happened in our life. He, he's the only place that we can find that total healing in. Any fellowship together in the spirit. You know, at this time, the church, it was a common thing. Whenever believers were together to, to, to speak personally about their love for God, about the things that God's doing in their life. It, it was more normal for when they gathered together that you would hear from different people. And this is one of the reasons why we push small groups so much is because this occurrence of having fellowship in the Spirit is so important. When the pastors are removed from the situation, to hear other people talking about, you know, th this is where God showed up in my life. This is where I need God to show up in my life. Uh, of just hearing other people around you singing praise to God because their heart is in love with God. This fellowship that happens in the Spirit amongst believers is so important, and it happened within the teams during this week at Serve. And I hope that you experience that happening within small groups in your context now, and we'd, we would love to get you connected to a small group. But as Paul, the Apostle Paul is asking these questions of, you know, is there any fellowship in the Spirit? Of course there are. Are your hearts tender and compassionate towards each other? 
When we have a correct view of who Christ is and how God has forgiven us, our hearts should naturally be tender and compassionate because we understand God has forgiven me for so much. I have to extend that forgiveness and that kindness and that understanding towards the people around us. And we started off our week during serve looking at this verse because of all these things that the Apostle Paul is asking. They don't need to be answered. They're just reminders about who your true identity is. Yes, your situation and your feelings and the difficult things you've walked through may have got you into a habit of being a person that, that you shouldn't be, that you're not normally. Maybe you've been in a situation where you've gotten hangry and you've acted out and you've thrown a chair because you want a cheeseburger now or whatever it is that has been affecting your life and causing you to act in a way you normally wouldn't act. We need to be a people who are not controlled by our emotions but directed by our faith. I want to make sure you grab a hold of that. We need to be a people that are not controlled by our emotions but directed by our faith. We're in those situations where things are difficult and people are difficult we need to allow what we know to be true, what's written in his word, to direct our actions and not just what we feel in that moment. We need to be able to, to see things the way that God sees them. And when we look at the person sitting next to us here, we see them through a lens of faith. They might have had some very difficult things they've walked through. But when we see them through the eyes of faith, we see it like a seed that's been planted. You know, right now, it doesn't look like much, but they, they believe, and so God can accomplish anything through them. There is no limit to what the person sitting next to you can accomplish because God is able to empower them to accomplish great things because what Christ has done on the cross for us. And that same is true for you as well. Maybe because of your situation, you've fallen into a pattern of living that you know this is not where I need to be. Be reminded today that you belong to Christ, that you have the opportunity to have community here and fellowship here with other believers. And he's called you to make a difference to those around you. That's where we started off our week at Serve, and it set a great foundation for the things that God wanted to accomplish in the days that followed. And there's some more great stories we want to share with you today. We're going to continue with some stories from Children's Serve. Check out this video. My name is Carmel Reed and I am the coordinator for Children's Serve. They are second through fifth graders. The kids are separated into six different teams. There's woodworking, they make bird houses and actually bird feeders for nursing homes and places in the community. There's games and they actually help with We Serve and Junior Serve games and also take those games to the residents at nursing homes. There's music, they learn a handful of songs and motions, and they go to nursing homes and perform for the residents there. There's also arts and crafts, participate with um, doing crafts for Bible, backyard Bible clubs, and they also went to Beyond I Can and did crafts with the um, folks that work there. Then there is gardening class, and they potted plants for residents at the nursing homes. And then there's the cooking class, and they have baked helped bake all of the cookies for party in the parking lot and then the snacks for block parties as well. One of the things that I encouraged the kids to do this week was to be brave. Some of the highlights of the week are when the kids go to the nursing home or out in the community, they really engage. It's fun to see the kids that are so distracted sometimes but really want to serve and they actually 
participate in you know talking to people in the community and you know when they're at the nursing homes they hold their hand and they sing their songs with a lot of enthusiasm. One of the biggest reasons I participate in CERV is just to see the kids just blossom in the fact that they get to serve and they really find out that they love it and it's fun to just encourage them that serve is not just one week, it's a lifetime. Hey, as Paul stated, we, this past week, we sat in the chapter of Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11, and Tuesday night, I had the awesome opportunity to speak to hundreds of these students that you see in these blue shirts um, about verses 3 through 5, and I want to read um, for you what Paul says there in those verses. He says this, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus has. One of the things, well, the thing we focused on this night was the fact that people in their lives carry around weights and burdens um, that are too heavy sometimes, right? It's just a, a fact of life that sometimes we pick up burdens and hurts and pains and things like that that just become too much sometimes. And to illustrate this, it was really fun. I brought up a plastic bag from Walmart, and on a table beside me, I had a bunch of weights, like barbells and dumbbells. And one by one, I put these weights into this plastic bag until finally the bag got too much weight and broke out from the bottom, and the weights spilled on the ground. And uh, this illustrated um, life for many people. And we know that in life, sometimes our lives can look like plastic bags. They're fragile, right? Plastic bags are fragile. So, can li so life can be fragile as well. And, and in life, a lot of times, we pack on a lot of weight into our, into our bags, too much sometimes to even be able to, to withstand uh, the amount of weight. And we talked about that. And, and we used two different groups that night. Um, we looked at two groups that carry around weights. The first group uh, was the people that we were out in the community serving, Right? We acknowledge the fact that, that people outside of these church walls have a lot of hurts and a lot of pains. They have a lot of brokenness. They have a lot of things they carry around in their lives, a lot of burdens and, and weights. And it is our duty as Christians in the body of Christ to be out there serving and loving and seeing these weights lifted off of their shoulders. And I love what Paul says here in, this verse, in these verses. He helps us um, see how we can do that very thing. He says, don't be selfish. Don't, don't try to impress people. Think of others before you think of even yourself. He says, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What was Jesus' attitude? It was, it was that of serving others before he serves himself, loving others before he loves himself, thinking of others before he thinks of himself constantly. And when we take on that attitude, that same attitude that Christ Jesus had, we can see these weights and these burdens and these hurts lifted off of people's lives in the name of Jesus. And it's awesome. That's exactly what we saw happen last week, you guys. It was such an amazing week. And God rocked this city and rocked this church in so many ways. And we're just so, so thankful for that. And the second group we talked about that carries around weights and burdens is us. And we acknowledge that there's many people even in the room that we were in that, that are carrying a little too much weight, a little too much burden in your plastic bag. And because of that fact, because sometimes we carry around the, the, these heavy burdens, we no longer can help other people um, lift the burdens off of their lives. 
If you think of the illustration, if you were to have a bunch of weights in your bag, how could you take weights from somebody else and add them to your bag? It's just, it doesn't make any sense, right? And so that night, it was amazing. We, went, we talked about how, how Jesus, one of my favorite qualities of Jesus is the fact that, that he's a healer. And in my 22 years of life, I've seen the power of God unlike I would have ever imagined. And I've seen Jesus heal people that I could have never imagined he would have healed. He lifted the weights off of people in unbelievable ways. And then we talked about how he can do that for even us. And that night, it was really cool. What happened was we gave um, each student a little card and a pen. And on this card, they wrote down their, their weight or their burden. And one by one, they walked to the front, and we had this weight bench up front, sitting up front. It was really awesome. Uh, we had this weight bench, and one by one, they walked up, and they taped their burdens and their weights and their hurts and their pains and all these things to this weight bench, signifying that they were laying these things at the feet of Jesus. Hundreds of students that night laying their burdens and their weights down at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome, right? Yeah. And so we went, we went crazy. It was awesome. We sang loud. It, it was so fun. And then after I, I came up and I looked at this bench and I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. And I look at this bench and I'm like, guys, who here believes that Jesus can lift all of this weight? And we just went nuts because we know that we serve a God who lifts any weight, any burden off of any person who comes to him and who accepts him. It's amazing. We serve an awesome God, you guys. And I want us to know here tonight that whatever your weight, whatever your burden might be, Jesus can lift it off of you. I promise I've seen it in some of the craziest ways, whether it be relationally or emotionally or physically or whatever it is, God can lift any weight off of your life. Amen. It's good stuff. Hey, we've got, we've got one more thing we want to we wanna share with you guys. Check out this Youth Serve video. Hey church, my name is Jeff Hughes and I'm the Serve Planning Coordinator. I was so amazed at this week at what our youth were able to do. We had 141 teenagers, middle school and high schoolers, who served all week long. They were led by about 40 adult team leaders who served right alongside them, leading and modeling and mentoring in the way of Jesus. They all slept on the floor, went out in vans and blessed this community in an amazing way. They pulled weeds, they served at block parties, they served in soup kitchens, gave away hygiene product bags that our church donated. It was a phenomenal week. You know, some people think that this generation maybe can't live up to the name of, of what God calls them to, but this week we saw our middle school and high schoolers do great work. They painted houses, they served, they were so willing to go above and beyond. It was phenomenal. In the evenings, our youth worshiped God in an amazing way. Every night we gather for what we call the experience, and it is truly that. It's all about experiencing the love, the grace, and the power of Jesus Christ. Our youth worshiped God with all they had. They listened to the word of God taught, and they surrendered at the altar the burdens and the weights that they were holding on to, many of them for years. I'm so amazed at what this church is doing to pour out the love and the grace of Jesus Christ to the lost and the least all over this city. That's what we're all about, loving people and loving Jesus.
Well, Serve 2016 was our 15th year to do Serve, and we had 292 participants, ages 3 to 19, and over 200 adults serving in leadership. Let's give all those participants and leaders a hand. Way to go. It's been our biggest Serve Week so far, and this is something that Jesus models for us. I'd like to continue our theme from Philippians 2, 1 to 11, and look at verses 5 to 11. Have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Serve Week and this volunteer culture that we have created and that we live by here at Union Chapel is all modeled from what we see in Philippians 2.7. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. What a great verse to live by. It's our, our motto here, and we try to strive, strive to do that here at UC in a variety of ways. And on Monday morning, I had the privilege to speak to all the children and all the youth. There were about 250 in the room. And we talked about four important qualities of a servant leader. And I'd like to just briefly share those four points with us this morning the first is being a servant leader means giving up my rights for others. Giving up my rights for others. We see in the life of Jesus that he was 100% human and also 100% God. He fought the same temptations that we fight, the same challenges, yet because he was God, he was able to overcome these things. You know, what I've learned is if there was any person in history who was able to cling to the, the privilege of not being a servant, I think it would be Jesus. But what we see is the exact opposite. We see Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God's one and only Son, not with a crown, but on a cross. And what we saw this week in our participants and our leaders, the 500 people who gathered together to make this great week possible, is that they exchanged their rights and their privileges for work gloves and paintbrushes and trash sacks and on and on and on. We must give up our rights for others. The second thing about a servant leader is they must become less so others may become more. You know, I think it's easy to see in our culture that too many of us live uh, looking at what we see in the mirror and living for what we see in the mirror instead of what we see out of our car windows or, or around us in our school hallways or in our workplaces. But what we see from Jesus is Jesus was everything, but he made himself nothing. What a great model. What a great idea for us to, to follow and to rally our lives around. Jesus is our model of how to live. It's, it's not these children and youth that have done this this week, but they have gone all in and all out to do so. We're just following the example of Christ, and we invite you to, to journey with us, to, to pick up the work gloves, to pick up the paintbrush, to find your place in service in our church and in our community and in our world. Here's the third thing. Being a servant leader means being obedient, whatever the cost. You know, we see this in the life of Jesus. He was obedient all the way to death on a cross. Many of our team leaders this week, they took, they took vacation time that they could have been resting on the couch. And they're going to need vacation this week because they worked so hard last week, but they're going back to work. 
They were obedient no matter the cost. And what we see from the life of Jesus is that it cost him everything to be obedient to the will of God for his life. In your life, it may cost you everything as well. He humbled himself. He was obedient even to death on a cross. And we should lay down our lives in the same way to be obedient no matter what it costs us. Maybe an hour or two here or there. Maybe a blister on our hands. Maybe an uncomfortable moment in a conversation of stepping out of our comfort zone to invite someone to church or to help a child in the nursery in some way. Being obedient, whatever the cost. Well, the last thing in this message that I gave to our children and youth on Monday morning is that being a servant leader means you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. You could ask any of these participants and team leaders, where did you see God's reward this week? And they could already pinpoint an area, someone they helped, an area where God helped uh, relieve the burden and the weight from their life, as you heard Pastor Cole talk about just a moment ago. You will be rewarded. You know what I love is because Jesus was obedient because he was humble, because he was willing to pay the price and fully lay down his life for others. He was exalted, and he still is exalted. You know, all this week we got asked the question, why in the world are you doing this? That was question one. Question two is, is this really free? <laughs> We're doing it because of Jesus, and yes, it's free. It was a great week. But we pointed to Jesus. We pointed to his model for us. We pointed to how he laid down his life for us and for all of humanity and how we're called to do the same. Not on a cross, but by laying down our pride, by picking up work gloves and paintbrushes and helping others. The Father's given Jesus a name above all names at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've been praying and planning for the last six months for what's happened in the last five days. Our planning team would meet and we would read Philippians 2, 1 to 11. We would pray for all of our participants before they even signed up. All of the leaders that we didn't even know who they would be or what they would do. This event from day one, six months ago in our offices has been bathed in prayer. And we believe that that is the result of what we've seen this week. But we've been praying for more than just a five-day event. We've been praying that God would use children and youth, 3 to 19, and adults who would serve as team leaders and role models for these great kids, to spring forth a revival on our church and on our city. A revival that comes when we lay down our rights and lay down our, our privilege and we pick up the, the servant towel. And say, how can I be a part of lifting up the name of Jesus and serving a need in the community? So a couple of questions for you as we draw this service to a close. Are you here in Muncie, Indiana and in this seat right now with an attitude of service? With an attitude to, to go out and live beyond yourself? Or, or are you seated here with a, with a mindset that you're here to serve? That it's all about you? Are you living for what you see in the mirror staring back at you in the morning? Are you living for what you see out of your car windows as you drive to work and in your workplace and in your schools and all over our city? Are you going through the motions of, of service just enough to, to check a box and say, I've done it? Or are you really looking for opportunities to serve your family, to serve your coworkers and in the church? 
The example has been set. The model is clear for us. It is Jesus Christ. These children and youth have patterned what they've done this week after Jesus. And they invite you to come along on the journey because they realize this is not about a five-day event that we do every June. It's about a lifestyle of service. And as we live that way, God does amazing things. I'd like to ask you to grab this half-sheet insert that's in your bulletin. It says made for this. Would you just pull that out and grab a pen if you've got one handy? Also an opportunity for you to use your cell phone if you don't have a pen with you. I'm not here this morning to stand on the stage and give you a sales pitch. This is not an appeal to make you feel guilty, but one thing we do realize as a staff is that there are many, many, many in each of our services that join us on the weekend who are plugged into service here at the church. They're serving in children's ministry or youth or, or ushers or on and on and on. First impressions team, they're mowing the grass. There are millions of ways you can serve. And many of you are already plugged into doing that. But we also realize that maybe you're sitting in a seat here this morning and you would say, man, I'm inspired by these videos. I'm inspired by these kids. Uh, what can I do? Do I need to wait until next year? Well, the answer to that is no. And we have an opportunity for you. And so if you're in the room right now and you're not plugged in to volunteer in some way with us at UC, just put your name, your email, and your cell phone on this insert and drop it at the back table on your way out or at the Welcome Center on your way out, either one. We're not going to give you a whole big list of everything today. We're not going to drop that in your email tomorrow morning. We're, we're just going to invite you to come along on the journey with us of living in a way that you were created to live by taking up the towel of service, by being a servant leader. This is an invitation to live the way that you were created to live. And I know in a room like this and in, in all of our four services this weekend, there's people who've heard us say this and they thought, oh, I don't have anything to offer. I really don't. I really, surely the church can't use my skills, my gifts, my talents. Try me. We would love to help you plug in. Because I believe that every single one of us in the body of Christ and every single one of us who calls Union Chapel home has a gift and a talent to bring to the table, to bring to the body of Christ, to help hurt and heal brokenness in our city and right here in the walls of our church as well as around the world. So drop that insert at the back table or send us a text message. If you don't have a pen, we've made it easy for you. Just text the word volunteer to this number. Yes, you can text in church, only if you're texting the church. Put that number in there. Put the word volunteer. What you'll get sent back to you right away is just a link. You just click on that link. You type in your name, your email, your cell phone number. We're not going to harass you. We're not going to sell that. We're not going to post that online. We're going to use it to correspond with you in the coming months about opportunities where you can be a part of the great things that God is doing through this church. I love this church. There are people all over this city. They've never sat in a service here at UC. When you tell them you're from Union Chapel, they're going to say something like this. That's that church that does stuff, isn't it? That's that church that, oh, they painted my neighbor's house. Oh, I came to that big party. That's that church that does stuff. How many of you want to be a part of a church that does stuff? Yeah, because I believe Jesus wants to do stuff. He wants to do stuff in our lives and through us to help people all around us. And as we do that, lives are changed. So come on.
Come on. Get on the journey. You can talk to any of these kids in blue shirts. They'll tell you it's worth it, and it's a lot of fun. After they wake up from their short nap this afternoon. <laughs> Will you stand with me, church? Let's pray as we prepare to sing. I want to ask you to take note of all the pictures and slides that we'll scroll through during this closing song of this service of some of the great things. Our media team and people who have worked uh, tech over this week and even this weekend have scrambled to create these services. All of these videos have been made since Friday night at midnight, and they showed Saturday and here. Uh, so I just want to say a thank you to the guys in, in tech and production because they really made this happen. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Let's bow for prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be a part of the work that you are doing in our city, in our church. Thank you that you use us, broken and messed up people. You use us and you equip us to be used for your service. I pray that as we sing this song that we would connect with you and fully surrender all we have. In Jesus' name, amen.